A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center Podcast Feed, and this episode is one of our episodes called Cues of the Force. Cues stands for questions. No other Q word whatsoever, just questions so far, and we can't wait to share our A's. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. But uh, I sometimes label these as cues, uh, and that is, that's a baseball stat for quality start. So that could be QS, could be, that's what we, we could just be talking about Major League Baseball quality starts by pitchers, Joseph. What, what, what does that mean? Does that mean like that their first pitch is good? It means the first and last start. No, it, it's, uh, it, what, it, if you go seven innings or longer and three or less earned runs, and it's just one of those modern age baseball stats uh so there you go star wars quality starts here in <laughs> there you go just questions about star wars and me asking ken questions about <laughs> the nature of baseball statistics which i am kind of fascinated by okay. anyway mm-hmm. yeah i just love that idea of just like taking every little thing and and breaking it down to try to quantify quality you know it's, it's, you would love the modern era of baseball stats in the last five to 10 years. Uh, we could do a whole podcast on it. I love it. It's just, it's down to how fast you step. Is there anything that's like behavioral? Is it, is there like uh spits per hit? Like how many times this person spits uh, <laughs> determines how good they are at batting. They're tracking how, how fast you can make a ball spin when you throw it as a pitcher. So might as well see how fast you can spit or how much. <laughs> wow, the velocity of that spit was amazing. Yeah. Anyway, 
to segue into something a little different, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player, whatever it may be that you have made to play mp3s uh this week we're continuing to recommend the princess and the scoundrel by beth revis uh i I have completed the book ken is actively reading we're both enjoying and we're going to be discussing so if you want to give it a listen before a review you can download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash force center one more time that's audibletrial.com slash force center for your free audio book uh i don't have a ton of listening time Mm -hmm. excuse Mm -hmm. me i got choked up uh but if i did I might give this one a listen. I'm very, very curious uh, to to hear all this uh, Han and Leia banter. I uh, love it. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's such a fun book. Can't wait to dive on in there. And uh, the signs of podcasters that have been podcasting together for seven years. When one falls, the other makes a uh-huh to pick them up. <laughs> That's how you do it. I think it probably sounded like I was weeping. I, I, I might weep over this book, but I just had a little thing catch in my throat here on a Monday morning as we're recording. Yeah. All right, Ken, any other thoughts uh, about uh, <laughs> audiobooks or choking as we begin our episode? <laughs> or spin rates on baseball uh, pictures? <laughs> no, no. Let's get to some Star Wars. All right. Let's talk spits per hits. Uh, joking. Uh, we're going to take four questions, as always. Two from Twitter, two from patrons on Patreon. We go first to Twitter, and we go to Daniel Zerlike. Uh Daniel says, hello, FC friends. I love when we, as an audience get to watch an iconic event from different characters' perspectives. Order 66 through Ahsoka's eyes, or the destruction of the second Death Star from Cobb Vance's eyes. Now that Andor is coming, do you think we could get the famous Mon Mothma's rebel speech from Star Wars Rebels through the eyes of Cassian? Would that add to the story? I'm personally looking forward to it. And what other iconic events would you like to see in different Star Wars media? Ken, this is this is great. Let's let's tackle the direct question first of do you want to hear Mon Mothma's rebel speech in the Cassian television program? And then we'll get into uh, what other events we'd like to see from multiple perspectives. Absolutely, Daniel. We kind of keep talking and joking that I don't know. Tony Gilroy doesn't seem like the type of uh creator to care about those little details but i we may be wrong about that and and he cares enough about mothma to really dig into the character where how she got here and and where she's going and and genevieve o'reilly seems to be on board for that as well so and i'm on board with this idea seeing it through like a hologram if they they shoot genevieve o'reilly give the message and it's a hologram and someone else sees it it would be really powerful The, the 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 moment in rebel stands alone and if we never see it again it stands alone is great and important and and an influential moment in the rebellion so i'll be good with that but man i i i like um like the idea here we're gonna get a lot of the storytelling about why mothma would make this speech so maybe yes we see it from another point of view yeah no i think that's really great and and it, part of me wants to see this speech because it does feel like the end point of it looks like in this first season from the trailers, we're going to see her trying to operate and make a difference quietly while still being a senator, while still being a part of everything, right? Mm-hmm. And that that speech is the product of her finally walking away from the Senate, right? And saying, uh, the Senate's broken, we're not going to be able to fix it this way, we have to take direct action. Uh, so that seems like kind of a logical, like you might want to see that emotionally, right? Uh yeah partially for viewers who know rebels and want to see it from a different perspective, but partially if, if people don't know that speech, do you want to give them that closure on Mon Mothma's arc? Um, Mm -hmm. But then I, you know, I was thinking about the scene and I think a part of the reason that scene is powerful in rebels um, is that we're seeing, we are kind of seeing it through a character's eyes, right? We're kind of seeing it through, through the rebels, uh, Ezra and, and, uh, the team's eyes, right? And it's this validation that what they're doing matters, right? And they're not alone. Uh, and I think that would be really powerful to see through lots of different eyes. You know, at this point in the timeline, Cassian's, you know, involved, right? Yeah. Um, so is Cassian seeing this speech broadcast while he's undercover <laughs> as yeah. an Imperial, you know? Um, mm. Would some of the characters that we've met and known for a long time in the Cassian television show, by the time we get to this in the timeline, you know, would this be a thing where we could hear that speech and we could flash to all these different people that we know have suffered yeah, yeah. for this moment, for this possibility? I think that could add mm. this richness to it. Cause right now we get to see it kind of through 
Ezra's eyes and, and the rest of the rebels of what it means to them to be validated. It would be great to see all these other uh, rebels or even if we follow Imperials, right? Gnashing their teeth yeah. too. Yeah. Oh, some of the characters. Oh, um, all sets. I love this. You're also setting up really high, uh, perhaps false expectations. <laughs> <laughs> Just this montage. And it, and it ends on, it ends on Luthen rail going, that's my Mirthma. That's not her name, but all right, that works. That works. <laughs> Did you just say Merman from Masters of the Universe? No, Mervma. Mervma. Um, Mervma. Yeah. <laughs> you got to go in there stealing Mervma. Um, uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. I, I should absolutely say this is not a prediction. This is wild speculation of fun, mm. perhaps irresponsible. But yeah, something like this uh, would be cool. Is always when we're talking about an isolated moment that would be cool, the question is, does it fit in the story that they're telling? Because maybe the story is yeah. going to zig and zag. Maybe especially that second season is going to be structured differently. We know maybe it's going to be structured in a way that this doesn't make narrative sense. So uh, fun to speculate on, but who knows if it will happen. Right. Yeah. Mm, great stuff. So let's get to the other part of Daniel's great question. What other events would you like to see through more people's eyes? Oh, I oh, so here's Daniel. Uh, thanks for making me work. I sat on my couch, which faces all of my Star Wars novels from the modern era, and I just I did this kind of like almost a Wayne and Garth do 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 kind of just diving <laughs> into the books and, and just trying to think. That just makes me think of all the moments, right? Um, and I came up with a, a list, but I honestly, Joseph, I I think it's I feel as though I'm missing some options. So mm. here, um, I wanted to go to the Death Star one exploding from Palpatine's point of view, and I'm sure that's been addressed <laughs> or talked about. And I I'm like, am I just thinking of like a robot chicken sketch? I don't know. So actually, him alone, maybe Masamita, maybe someone around him, but him alone, and and his actual reaction to that. You know what I mean? His actual, mm. not, not the public face, not the, everything's good. It's all right. Still good. Still good. Still good. But just like having, having him feel like, man, my plans, sometimes they go awry. How do I recover from this and what's going on and Vader? Da, da, da. Uh, I, I would like that. That's a good starting point for me. And no, I love that one because I'm sure he gets reports that, you know, Kenobi was on the Death Star, but he's gone now. Right. Mm -hmm. And and Vader would think of that as a victory the way he says it to to Tarkin. Right. You know, yeah. it's seen the end of Kenobi. This is a this is a great day. But Palpatine has such fear of the Jedi in such fear of Kenobi. And, you know, linking that to, you know, via Snoke, uh, this great fear that if Luke Skywalker even walks down a street, 800 new Jedi are going to be born. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> He's so afraid of of the Jedi spreading their message of hope, you know. Hmm. So I think he'd be obviously quite upset about the whole Death Star thing. Yeah. You know, and immediately shifting plans to like, OK, this rebellion's serious and I have to crush it. Um it, but also the Kenobi of it all. Like, okay, Kenobi's gone now, but what did he start? What did he start? Who did he yeah. inspire? You know? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Just the, you know, because I think of that uh, that great uh, moment from uh, uh, Clone Wars where, you know, uh, he spins to the window and he's just kind of, that Padme, he's done it again. That kind of, just, uh, <laughs> he's alone. And here's what he really feels. Oh, yeah. I would absolutely love that. Um Mm. A couple of the others that I would be interested to see is uh, different people's reactions to kind of right in the midst of A New Hope, um, in particular, Palpatine wiping out the Senate and the destruction of Alderaan, right? Yeah, that's a good one. Oh, see, I knew I missed one. Good stuff. Ooh, that's good. And that's kind of almost two in one because it's kind of happening, you know, uh, in, in rapid succession. The wiping out the Senate, I, I would love to see people who've been kind of going... Uh, yeah, okay. We're, we're hearing these rumors that the empire is being, you know, kind of brutal mm -hmm. here and there. But what are you, mm -hmm. what are you gonna do? You, you need order, or you're like, I, I heard rumors that this one planet was utterly, you know, devastated. Yeah. All the resources taken and the planet fell apart. Whatever. But come on, I mean, we still have a senate. We still have a like yeah. that moment where the excuse we still have a senate goes away for people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is that a wake up call for people? Are other people like, well, finally, we haven't needed that, you know? for a yeah. long time cut the red tape you know now things are going to be great like the different characters perspective on that and then the destruction of alderaan you know yeah we've, we've had lots of uh stories where we know that that was uh a moment where people became willing to act right mm -hmm. but uh, mm -hmm. it would be great to be Im immersed in a story uh like uh mandalorian obviously not the timeline but that sort of like 
the same way Cobb Vanth is like, that's not the focus, yeah. but, but we're following the story for a different reason, but this moment changed things. Yeah. You know, and having, having it kind of, you're kind of telling a different story, but then you learn that the destruction of Aldron changed something mm. for somebody. Yeah. Cause that's literally, you know, the Cobb Vanth example, it's like literally change comes running through the door, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it causes. Yeah, literally. Yeah, literally. I love that. Yeah, I love what you're saying too. Of because uh, I, I choose to believe in my heart that that the Battle of Scarif changes Noah Jabel's heart. So maybe he he's already there, but maybe mm-hmm. other senators like him who are packing up their boxes, moving out of their office, going, "Oh no, this is real. Oh no, there's oh, no yeah. no more job, no more Senate. Something's going on. I, I I've reacted too late." Oh yeah, yeah. No, and Noah Jabel sticks around for a while. He's still whining. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> deep into the yeah. <laughs> into the new republic. So I would take uh, Nora Jabel reactions to everything. Um, yeah. yeah, my mm-hmm. other one is, uh, and again, some of this stuff has been in in books or comics, kind of around the edges. But I'd love to see it on the screen. I would mm-hmm. love Tales of Luke Skywalker. Um, mm-hmm. Both how word spread of him after the destruction of the second Death Star, in the sort of the the rumor, the myth that, you know, he was on the Death Star and, and he defeated Vader and Palpatine, you know? Yeah. Uh, and also, uh, I, I would love more about the Battle of Crate. Um, mm-hmm. Where did Oni Hosea first hear that story? Uh, Oni Hosea, at the end of Last Jedi, does a great job telling that story, uh, but I would love to see that word spreading. Mm, yeah, that's a good one, too. Absolutely. Just and how it moves uh fast and, and and it's you know poignant part of star wars there importance of that hmm. yeah yeah and like ray seems to know a lot right she's heard a mm-hmm. lot of rumors and myths and i would love to hear hear more of that yeah 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 absolutely those tales how does a girl from nowhere on jakku uh what, what space pilots coming in to pick up portions <laughs> have said something yeah in the tales of luke skywalker book i know does deal with that with people telling kind of tall tales that may or may not be true but i would love to see some of that on screen you know yeah Mm, absolutely any other uh thoughts on this one yeah a couple a couple ones here i got uh this one was if talking about expectations that we can create for ourselves uh there was a certain section of fandom and certain types of shows that were just dead dead set and believed that this was going to happen the battle of scarif from inside the ghost um mm. the idea that star wars mm. would maybe tie into battle of scarif and uh, you know, the ship's there and it's the same timeline. It all kind of makes some sense there. So we didn't get it. Filoni came out early going, no, that's not not what we're doing. Uh, but I loved it. I, we could still do it. Um, uh, I think it would be just kind of, uh, it would be important, but also fun. And I think fun's part of this, which is why I also thought of Battle of Endor through Rex's eyes. Because mm. the idea that he's there, Hera's there as well, but you could approach that. So there's those ones. And uh, also, uh Nile attacks, including the great uh, disaster mm. from the Sith's eyes, who the Sith are at the time, because <laughs> they're maybe laying low, part of that laying low for generations upon generations. And what are they doing? Are they like, oh, this is interesting. Oh, this is good. Or wait a second, someone's stealing our thunder. We're not ready yet. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Short. Are they happy or are they jealous? And yeah. uh, do you think that there is any possibility when we get to wave three of the High Republic that? that um the sith kind of sidle up to uh, our big bad and and have some things to say like i i, yeah. I think i think uh marcian marcian Rowe is is mm-hmm. acting of his own accord i don't think he's a puppet for the sith uh because I, I think it's more powerful that he clearly has his own motivation and his own goals but do you think there's any possibility that a, that a sith comes along and is like uh <laughs> nice uh, terror organization you have here yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 th- I absolutely like that, especially towards the end, especially in, you know, a lot of people might look towards the Acolyte for this. I, I'm not necessarily looking towards that show to connect in a giant way. I think it's just the end of an era and that show's going to do what it's going to do. But I think you're going to have some big Sith names in there and it just kind of makes sense. The Nile is, um, is, is, I think, a great, it's a great storyline. It's, it's a great, there's a great big why behind them. And yeah, that would kind of make some sense where it all kind of syncs up a new era of evil getting ready to reemerge. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Uh, and you made me think of one more of uh, there is so many viewpoints to have on the Battle of Exegol, right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, Ooh. you could tell stories from just people you've you've never met who decided to be like, we we jury rigged a blaster to the top <laughs> of our space taxi. Right. And we're 
and we're going. Uh, but then obviously there are characters we know from Resistance, uh, you know, that great laundry list of uh, characters who sounds like they're showing up in the novelization of Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. That would be great to get all those stories. Yeah, absolutely. A bonus, um, a bonus short film of, uh, of uh, Star Wars Resistance ended up there. Be great. Ooh. Absolutely great. All right. Great question, Daniel. We have a lot of desires for a lot of perspectives in Star Wars. Uh, We are going to move on to a question from Ross Squatch. Uh, Ross says, as a deep dive podcast, how did you feel about Obi-Wan episodes only being labeled part and then a number? Uh, I listened to you guys spend 20 minutes analyzing Mandalorian titles. (laughs) So I was wondering if you missed uh, being able to create more content. Joke. Do you think episode titles were a victim of budget? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think. Uh, I don't think the the newest Bob brought the hammer down on. Nope, <laughs> titles are too expensive. But a very funny joke. Uh, yeah, it it was a really fascinating difference, and and we have spent, uh, I'm sure, at least twenty minutes on some episodes of the Mandalorian report of discussing uh, the titles because I think mm-hmm. they're uh, like a lot of things in the Mandalorian. The titles are very minimal and sometimes they're just very direct and clearly exactly what they mean. But then sometimes they have lots of layers. I, I, yeah. I love uh, that chapter three is the sin and it invites you mm-hmm. to say well, who, which, which sin or how many sins, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So how do you feel uh, about uh, what Ross is asking? How did you feel that Obi-Wan did not give us? the opportunity to have uh, long discussions about the multi-layered meanings of the title because it was just part one. Well, I hate to counter, actually, I have sources, Joseph. Inside, don't worry, inside sources. And they said there was a budget cut in the fonts department <laughs> at Disney. Uh, they didn't have enough fonts uh, and therefore enough letters to use the title. So it was definitely a budget cut. No, I love it. This is great, Rod. <laughs> um, I, did, did the, I, I did miss it. I actually did miss it. I, I actually love the choice. I think, I think it's... Um, it's a clearly a stylistic choice and one to kind of maybe tie the story into and drive home the connection. The first six saga films, right. It's kind of this mm. neat little, uh, framing device, just the way they each episode structured. And so it just kind of makes sense. And they didn't want to necessarily, I don't want to say distract from that. It wouldn't have distracted, but yeah, they made a choice and I love the choice. And, and to me, it was one cohesive uh, journey through that story, through that first season. Uh, that said, I, I you know I just sometimes need a good title or maybe a moral looking at Clone Wars to help me focus on the theme. <laughs> sometimes, especially when we're reviewing it, it's just kind of fun to be like, oh, here's m- maybe some of the things at play, right? Mm. And, and you can read a lot into the titles. You can also get confused. There was I, I had not read all the Game of Thrones books, and when episode uh, season four, there's uh, a title, "The Bear and the Maiden Fair," and I was just certain that one character was going to die. It's like that title means this. And a friend just was like, maybe you should watch the episode. <laughs> maybe you should just wait. <laughs> and so uh, I've learned to not dig in until the story, but it just helped. It helps set the table. Um, so I do enjoy them. Uh, so therefore I did, uh, I did miss them. Yeah. Did you think there was going to be a fight between a bear and the main fair? <laughs> I'll tell, a punch out? Yeah. I thought, I thought Jorah Mormont was going to die then. And I, I was so, cause he was so my guy I was really upset. My friend was like, who had read the books. And then later on, of course I read all the books, but just like yeah, no, just just time, just 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 time out. Just just watch. Don't don't. You're going down a path you don't need to go. Just based off a title. Go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I love your font. Uh, your font joke. It made me think of uh, that old Sesame Street skit where that's the buddy. Do you want to buy a letter? Yeah. <laughs> so maybe uh, they could not afford yes. the letters to spell out the title. Uh, mm-hmm. Sesame Street uh, Muppet Scoundrel. Uh, no, I really enjoyed it. I think the, the fact that they were just titled uh, yeah. part. Um, mm-hmm. I think that there is this kind of ongoing tension in a lot of streaming uh, television shows, whether they're trying to be like, this is a season of television. Sure, there's an overall story, but it's a season of television and each episode is entirely its own idea. Or is it more like this is a special event? It's like a movie mm. broken up into parts or it is like a novel with uh, with chapters. And some novels have titles for chapters and others don't, right? Yeah. Um, and I think there is this kind of ongoing, ongoing tension. Uh, and I feel like, while the Mandalorian is clearly telling a big picture story throughout the whole show mm. in each season is kind of dealing with a general big picture quest for Din Djarin. The episodes are a little bit more traditional television, right? Where they're, mm. this is an adventure Din has this week, right? Yes. Um, and I feel like Obi-Wan 
Kenobi, obviously it does, it's, it did start as a film. Yeah. But even if it didn't, even if it was written fresh to be like this, it is so written to be one story that I feel like by not uh, giving each individual uh, episode a title, they sort of leaned into this is a special limited series <laughs> event, yeah. not a season of television where, you know, what adventure does Obi-Wan have this week? I'm really fascinated by it, it, it. You can look at it that way. And they did really divide it up. So every uh, part of the Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, season is a different planet, a different location. And a uh, and it is a, a, a discreet adventure that everyone has. But it's all very much in service of this one big adventure. So I feel like the choice to just call it part one through six is the creators kind of telling us this is the structure this is what you should expect it's yeah. you're getting on the roller coaster and it's one ride you know we're, we're not stopping and resetting we're going and going and going and, and i feel like uh using part instead of uh an actual title tells us that yeah title chapter so yeah love that love that take and then it makes me think of well great what are they going to do now that they might explore <laughs> second season you got to stick with it i guess you got to stick with yeah. it yeah yeah, or I mean, if it's if it's different, yeah, yeah. May, maybe not. Um, I would take in all Star Wars things. Uh, I like chapter titles, so you mm -hmm. know, yeah. I, I I was I, it didn't bother me at all. I thought it was I thought it was great to make it feel different than than the Mandalorian because it, it was different, yes. right? Yes. Tonally and, and and it was different structurally. So I liked that it was parts, but I just I love chapter titles. I want the pulpy side of Star Wars to to stay alive in. You know, for the most part, the Mandalorian titles are pretty, you know, simple and, and minimal and direct. But, like, yeah. can you imagine if, like, Obi-Wan had, like, really, you know, pulpy titles of, like, it was, like, you know, in part three where where uh, Vader drags him, you know, through the yeah. fire. You know, if it was called part three, Yesterday's Flames, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, I want chapter four to be Underwater Blues. Yeah. <laughs> underwater Blues, uh, part five, and a Sith must conquer. Part six, <laughs> Attack of Mercy. Uh, that one's not, yeah. not a not a real <laughs> suggestion, but no, no, no. I love that. No, I love what you're saying there. Yeah, and I get it. Again, stylistic choice for sure. Uh, but yeah, on, on one level, yeah, I had a little bit of that, especially the first episode, because you're right to say, hey, it sets it apart, really sets it apart from Book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian. That's doing what it's going to do. We're going to do. We're going to do. But I had, a, I had, I went, oh, okay, all right, all right, part one, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. I think really at the end of the day. I want Star Wars creative projects and creative projects in general to be what they want to be. And I want mm -hmm. to judge them are like, uh, yeah, I, I feel like this is what this creative project is trying to do. Now do I feel like it succeeds in what it's trying to do? And I, and you know, book of Boba Fett and Mandalorian, I feel like the titles help it succeed in what it's trying to do. And for Obi-Wan, I think just calling them parts helps it succeed in the different thing it's trying to do. Hey, let art do what it wants to do. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Excellent. And with that, we are going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with two questions from patrons on Patreon. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. 
Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And we are back to take two more cues. Uh, these are some cues. At least this first one can. It put me through some paces. Uh, we are going to our old friend Mark Knoop. Uh, Mark says, I'm loving how much prequels-related content we've seen lately. Seeing Ewan and Hayden back in Star Wars was such a delight. But what if George Lucas had waited until today to make the prequels? Who would you cast in the main roles? Uh, Ken, I'm going to have us answer this question. But first, I have a question for you. Was yeah. this difficult for you? This was difficult, and and I I think sometimes some stuff like this pops up when you're when you're on Star Wars shows, right? Of hey, recast and everything. I'm always bad at these. Uh, back in the old movie fights days, this would come up a lot, and they're fun questions. But I just I just feel as though, or even not in like a d- debate kind of, but even like on the old movie talk days, where someone would be like, "Hey, what other director would you want?" I'm like, I know like three directors right now. Like I just don't <laughs> pay attention to that stuff. Um, so it's difficult for me on a, in a lot of ways. But also, there's some good choices out there. You can have a lot of fr- fun. And I feel my answers are both, I don't know, pedestrian and simple, but also I threw in some wrinkles and it, uh, I had to dig deep for them. So, yeah. Yeah. No, this is very challenging uh, mm-hmm. for me. Not not because there aren't a ton of great options. Right. Uh, but because time moves so fast uh, mm-hmm. from from my perspective. Um, I was uh, talking to uh, my manager about a project that we're working on where we're trying to um, attach some some talent as they say in the business. And I was like, Hey, what if we went, what if we asked this person, you know, cause we've been asking older people, what if, what if we asked this person? <laughs> My manager was like, that person's 55 years old. Like, Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. You know, yeah, but, yeah. but he plays younger. He plays. T- I make this joke a lot, but it's not a joke. It, it explains a lot. I still think garbage and no doubt are new bands. Like Foo Fighters is a new band to me. Like I mean, yep. it's just the way it works. <laughs> And, and that's part of it to me. It was just like, I kind of, you know, y- your perspective changes as you get older. And like, um, I'm still watching and really enjoying uh, Riverdale. It's it's a bonkers show that owns that it's bonkers. Uh, but, you know, it, it's good. Yeah, I can't remember even what season it's on. Six, six or seven, eight. I, I don't even remember. But I always think of like, oh, yeah, casting younger people like from Riverdale. They're all 30 now. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Which isn't old, but it's not the age we're looking for for some of this casting, you know? No, absolutely not. <laughs> all right. So, uh, Ken, do you want to just, uh, do you want to take me through your roster? Who all did you cast? Uh, yeah. What all roles? Because I, I didn't go too deep. I, I kept myself uh, limited to kind of big players. Yeah, same, same. Yeah, I did not uh, recast Rick Ollier. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, it might just be Ralph <laughs> Brown still for me. Um, so, yeah, I went, I just, Anakin, Obi-Wan, Qui-Gon, Mace, Palpatine, Padme. Um mm. Bale, Dooku, and Maul. That's my list. All right. So I'll set the table. Ooh, ooh yeah. Yeah. Okay, so you went An- deeper than I did. Yeah. Uh, Anakin, I'm, this is a cheat, possibly. I still say unknown youngster, both ages. Mm. I, I don't think, especially the question is if George had waited until today. So George is still involved. And I think George would still be like, we've got to find an unknown. Uh, that, mm. that he always did when he at the right times in his career, right? Yes, some established people coming on in here, but I want an unknown. So I still think it's an unknown uh, youngster. Two, two un- unknown youngsters if you're going to do the time jump. So I'll stick with that one. Then. That's very good. That's very yeah. good. Okay. All, All right. right. Obi-Wan Kenobi, are you ready for this? Ready? I am so excited. All right. All right. The age, you have to fudge the age a little bit both directions, perhaps. I'm going with Harry Styles. All right. Oh wow, this is controversial. <laughs> oh, it gets oh it gets more controversial. Mike Wagon, I went with Brad Pitt. Ooh, wow, that is pretty amazing. Brad Pitt, I love me some Pitt. Put a put a Qui-Gon wig on him. Put those uh, yellow neon glasses on. You got you got yourself a Qui-Gon. Mace Windu, I went with Ahmed Best. <laughs> right because i didn't i didn't include a jar jar in here by the way as clearly said but yeah that's that's a different thing who knows if george would even do that now i think he still would but uh love ahmed best and i would just let's give him that role let's give him that now by the way samuel jackson's probably like no no i'm still good um palpatine here's where i i'm wondering if you did the same thing i'm ian mcdarmott <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> why, why would you not yeah true true he can still do the role yeah Padme, this is a, a fan casting for Leia that uh, at the time I understood made a lot of sense. Uh, Vivian Lara Blair did such a great job with the younger Leia in uh, Kenobi. But I'm going to go, my Padme, this is where you cast Millie Bobby Brown. Mm. Where you go with that. Um, so you can grow with that character too. Then Bail Organa, I went Pedro Pascal. Ooh. Get some more meaty uh, Bail in there. Count Dooku, I went with Patrick Stewart. Mmm. Mm, yeah, that's very interesting. Just uh, you know, you don't even need to throw a wig, on, throw a beard maybe on in a, in a robe, and you're good. And then my final one, Maul, Darth Maul. I went with Maisie Williams, Arya Stark herself. Nice, nice. I'm trying to think who's a, a as a as a younger on the younger side of an actor who also has got some fight training. Training, you know, I know I know Ray Park came from a different background, but Maisie. Um, I just love what she did with that character and uh, put some horns on her, <laughs> paint her face red, give her double set of lights, lightsaber. I'm sold. So that's my list. Oh, no. And uh, I, I think the the crucial thing with mall casting is can they make you fear for your life with just their eyes? And I yeah. think uh, Macy Williams is a, a fabulous actor who can yeah. absolutely do that. Yeah. <laughs> Which would be great. Mm. That is, that's a really, really great and intriguing list. Um, I was tempted to go with the unknown thing because a part of me would be like, yeah, everybody should be unknown except for maybe uh, one, one person, one person. Uh, But I I wanted to try to to play the game and do a little bit better. So let's see. Uh, I did Obi-Wan, Anakin, Padme, Qui-Gon, and Palpatine. I didn't get into the Sith, but your mall casting is perfect. So Um, for Obi-Wan... This was this was difficult, you know. I loved Obi Wan, but I was looking at somebody who, who somebody who's the right age, uh, who is actually uh, from uh, the UK, <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, and somebody who uh, great acting chops, but charm, right, needs charm. Uh, and I went with Tom Holland. I, that's that's great. No, that's great. Right. I mean, he's he's got the dancer training, so he can absolutely do all mm-hmm. the great uh, lightsaber fighting. He is a, a great actor and let the man use his accent. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Love that. That's great. Yeah. Uh, and then for Anakin. So I, I went kind of age wise. I went casting for Phantom Menace. I'm, I'm starting out. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 Uh, for Anakin, I went with Julian Hilliard. Uh, do you know this young actor, Ken? 
I don't, I don't know this actor. Uh, so I, I first, and he's just about the right age. I believe he's 11 years old right now. Um, so I first saw him in the uh, Netflix show, the haunting of Hill house. Um, and he, he plays this poor young haunted kid and he just has this great, great delivery that has made it into my day to day life. There's kind of a sad scene where he's wanting one of his, uh, older brothers to spend time with him. Uh, and he says, we could draw together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just really specific, uh, sad delivery. So I say that to Sarah all the time. He's like, do you want to watch TV together? <laughs> um, but then he's popped up. Uh, a lot of people will know him. Uh, he plays uh, one of uh, Wanda in Vision's uh, twin children in WandaVision and, mm-hmm. and the Doctor Strange movie. Uh, he's just a, he's been in a bunch of other things. He's been in a Conjuring movie. He's been in a, a weird uh, Nicolas Cage uh loses his mind and screams movie called color out of space yes gotcha <laughs> uh he has this great innocence to him but clearly a a, a great actor who could bring that uh layer of uh, and, and there's you know a righteous anger at, at his poor lot in life uh that that mm. anakin has at that young age so this is great. You're selling me. I don't even know. I I, I, I probably even <laughs> saw some because uh, Haunted uh, Hill House, Grace watched that. So I'd come in out of the room for it. And uh, yeah, I probably did see it. But that's great. You sold. Sold. You got go picture for me. Just All, right. All right. Go picture. All right. Padme, uh, this is uh, also using some Star Wars casting that's already happened. Uh, I believe the actor is exactly 14 right now, the age that Padme is in, in Phantom Menace. Uh, I'm going with uh, Kaylee Fleming. Uh, known to Star Wars fans as Young Ray. Oh, okay, yes. So here's here's yeah. the, here's why I went with her. Um, she's also she's been in a bunch of things, but she's also in in Walking Dead. Uh, okay. She plays Rick Grimes' daughter, and uh, kind of her character uh, on The Walking Dead is you know she's been born into the zombie apocalypse. And she, like, you know, as a child inherited, like, a sword and a gun. Right, right. <laughs> and she's, like, no nonsense. Like, really, really has this uh, uh, sensitive, kind, caring side. Uh, mm-hmm. But also is, like, and then when the sword needs to come out, the sword comes out. Period. Out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So she has the steel uh, of Padme and, uh, you know, a good Skywalker look. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Your your Palpatine selection uh, of Ian McDermott is the correct one, but I'm just always trying to stick this person to Star Wars. Uh, so I put Peter Capaldi in. Oh, no, that's great. That's great. Because I, cause he, I, I know, yes, I'm not, I'm not familiar with uh, Doctor Who as, as much as you are, of course. Uh, I have 1% understanding. You have 110% understanding. <laughs> uh, just uh, for what I know, just uh, he'd be great in just the uh, straight up political scenes. Yeah, he has great uh, gravitas. Uh, mm-hmm. He is in a political drama uh, called, comedy drama called The Thick of It, where he does a lot of swearing. So it's fun to imagine <laughs> Palpatine swearing <laughs> behind the scenes. You could call him for a vote of no confidence and then closes the door. <laughs> uh, in the final casting I did was for Qui-Gon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is also a... a People, people want him in Star Wars. This seems like the place to do it. Uh, I was looking for somebody who clearly has strength, uh, absolutely can fight uh, a little bit older, but also has that like deep well of wisdom and calm. Uh, so I cast Idris Elba as Qui-Gon Jinn. Well, yeah, you know what? I, I got to. Yes, this is that's a great choice. I just love him as a performer. And uh, yes, that that popped in my head, too. Oh, really? Great. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it, I just, you know, I just uh, I wanted to have a little bit of fun with Pitt. But uh, no, that works for me as well. We we have both put two great movie posters out into the uh, fan <laughs> art here. So, uh, you know, whoever gets to it first, we'll, 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 we'll retweet all of them. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to see all of the various Qui-Gons from the different uh, alternate <laughs> Star Wars dimensions, which I don't need that storytelling, but yeah. uh, that would be amazing. Uh, Brad Pitt is fascinating. Look, I, yeah, he, he is who he is, but I also think he's just a, a wonderful uh, character actor as well as a big time movie star, uh, as as are all these performers. Uh, but uh, yeah, it'd just be something, something interesting. I, I just, I picture him with the wig. Yeah, yeah the wig, <laughs> wizard warrior, but like his Ocean's Eleven character, just always eating a snack. 
that would be amazing uh, if Lucas made a special edition. He's like, you know what? You know what? Uh, I want to change about a Phantom Menace. Qui Gon should always be eaten. Always eaten. Just CGI'd in his hand coming to his mouth. Lots of chewing. <laughs> uh, very very fun uh, great question uh, as always thank you very much Mark any final thoughts before we move on to our final question Ken no I think that was the best round of choose other actors I've ever had in my life so I'm gonna I'm gonna take on that question with a little more confidence going forward yeah you knocked it out of the park Maisie Williams man amazing all right we're going on to our final question Philip Beatty says hi four center team the first time I saw Anakin and Padme's wedding at the end of Attack the Clones, I wrongly assumed that, since this wasn't allowed, Anakin had made the choice to leave the Jedi. My silly logic was, it was hardly a secret. The droids were there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, since you're a clever bunch, I doubt it's the case, but have there been any times where you guys picked up on something completely wrong in Star Wars? Thanks, and happy 4th of July weekend. Philip, happy... <laughs> Last weekend in August coming up here. Or actually, we just went past the last weekend in August. First weekend in September. Happy Labor Day weekend, Philip. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again, want to keep that stuff in there uh, just to demonstrate to everybody, uh, our, our patrons on Patreon, who've mm-hmm. added questions. This particular round of question collection, we've had so many great questions, and we're just we're going through them all. Uh, mm-hmm. So thank you for your patience, because there's just a ton of great ones. You know, what it, you know what it is, Joseph. It's 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 actually a Star Wars nostalgia feel. It, it, when you saved up your proofs of purchases and mailed away for your Anakin uh, or your or your you know, your Sebastian saw Anakin or your Emperor, this is what six to eight weeks. This is what it is. Yep, this is unlike what I got, which was the letter from Hasbro going, "We're uh, we're out. Too bad. Thanks." <laughs> you, kid. This is the way life works in the rough and tumble eighties. Kid, suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 1980s experience eh, greed is good my figure's gone too many people bought it like, yep we do. yep we we can't make more we can't offer you an alternative just suck it up kids i i gotta find that note and see if i still have it and see if it just says suck it up kids kenner <laughs> oh that's a big one that's a collector's item oh, that's great yeah oh i think i did see it uh on display like at rancho obi-wan not physically but in a, in a mm. picture anyway yeah. uh you you were reacting to the first part of uh to philip's sharing about uh anakin's wedding did you did you think that anakin had left the jedi order at any point was, I, I, was that your logic no but i just I, I really relate to that one there. That that just makes a lot of sense. Everything about it. Well, he's done. He's broken the rules. There's witnesses, dummy, and you're done. You So, yeah, it makes a lot of sense to me. I, I'm with you, Philip. Yeah, a chatty, chatty witness in C-3PO, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. And remember, yeah. this is also there, you know, the, 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 the mind wipe is coming with 3PO, but, you know, early days of Star Wars uh, online discourse. And just in-person discourse, a lot of people upset of like, now 3PO knows everything. You you know, and it just was, it was a thing. It was a thing. So this makes a lot of sense. It was a thing. Yeah, Mm -hmm. no. And I think, I think it didn't cross my mind because I felt like, you know, Anakin's, you know, fall was, was yet to come. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And and it's almost coded to me as a, well, maybe it would have been better for him if he had just said, this path isn't for me. This other one is. Totally. Um, but yeah, but totally, totally relatable. And yeah, and the, and 3PO being there, uh, really did throw me for a loop. R2, great. 3PO. <laughs> yeah. Chatty, chatty protocol droid. So, uh, let's get into, uh, the actual question here from Philip about times where we interpreted something, uh, incorrectly. Uh, do you have some thoughts on that? I, yeah, I, sometimes I want to point out too, especially on what we do. Sometimes there's just different thematic interpretations mm, in mm-hmm. your mind, and, and you know you can miss the point. And even going back to 05, and for a long time, just missing the point of you know Vader saying no and concentrating on James Earl Jones comes back, and you have him say, "Where is Padme? Well, come on!" And you just, I just kind of missed the point. Mm. And it's not directly what Philip's asking, but just when you're looking at things a little different or even now, you and I can have different takes. We can watch the same scene and just where we are in our lives or where things we experienced and and the value of perspectives and different perspectives when discussing uh, pop culture. You and I might interpret things slightly different or in the same ballpark, but you can take 
different things from it there. But that's one of those big swings and a misses for me of just being so hung up on badass Vader was broken hearted about his wife. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The point. So I'll start there. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's a great one. That's an absolutely great one. Uh, please you know, feel free to continue. Yeah, only a couple more. And it's not, believe me, it's not that I'm so uh, in tune that I don't miss things. I just, uh, I was trying to go back in, in the course of just my entire fandom. Uh, I always highlight, I meant, I mentioned this every now and then I, uh, the, the, the swing and a miss in which I completely missed that a Jedi had a kid and Dooku Jedi lost and not figure it out until you mention it on a podcast is one of my more embarrassing moments, but I keep bringing it up because it just shows that you can just miss things sometimes, especially if you're listening to a book on a walk. You just yeah. over things. Or sometimes there is a, just like a logic thing where you're like, um, why'd the person do this? And like, Oh, they they explicitly said it, but you get caught up in the story, right? Especially yeah. in the first viewing, and you're in an emotional place and not a logic place, and you sometimes yeah. miss it. That that kind of thing can happen all the yeah. time. So I highlight that, and then the final one, just uh, for me here, as um, and this is young, as as uh, seven, as as a as a child watching Return of the Jedi in the theater, dead set on the idea that Luke sent the dro- droids to Jabba by mistake because that's what three PO says, <laughs> and carrying that out of the theater and to the playground of kind of like, can you believe that Luke guy messed up and sent his friends to Jabba? Like, cause three PO is upset about it. <laughs> and just a <laughs> early lesson of uh, not really bad seven, but also, you know, not everything a character says is facts. That's something we all need to keep in mind. Discussing Star Wars, especially Kylo Ren lines. Uh, mm. or um, but yeah. And, and, and for 3PO, it rang true because what's going on here? You know, this whole, you know, he and R2, you know, aren't on, you know, R2 and Luke are more in line than, than 3PO and Luke. I get it all now. But I just remember like on the playground being like, I don't know about that Luke guy. He sent his friends there by mistake. <laughs> I love the idea that like uh, Luke printed out the wrong, you know, UPS label for yeah. uh, 3PO and R2. And like, whoops. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyways, uh, I don't know exactly. Those are the answers you wanted, Philip. But those where my mind went on my, my fandom. Yeah. I'm, there, there were things when I was like a kid. I, I don't even really rem- I don't remember being wrong. I remember my brother vociferously correcting me that Bespin was not an Imperial base. Because I think, you know, I was really young. So I was just like, oh, Vader and Luke are, are fighting in that Imperial base. He's like, it's not an Imperial base. Mm-hmm. It's Lando's place of business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and I'm sure there's some other that is like at the edge of my mind from like being really young in the original trilogy and, you know, uh, what happened. Um, oh, I, think, I think this is it. I've mentioned this before that like uh, we knew that Greedo died. Like we kind of remembered that, but then I had the Greedo action figure. I wanted to play with him. My dad was watching um, a a Western on like a Saturday afternoon and uh, somebody got shot and like got winged in the arm. Mm. We're like, well, why didn't that person die? He's like, Oh, he just got nicked. Sometimes when you get shot, you just get nicked and you're not, you know, dead. It's an option. (laughs) Yeah. So, (laughs) so we were like, Oh yeah, well, that's what happened. Greedo just got nicked. <laughs> right. right. And then, uh, you know, that was kind of Mike. I didn't have the word headcanon at the time, but that was the headcanon why Greedo was still running around and I could play with my action figure. Um, he could still fight Han again. Uh, and then, like, when I got older and saw <laughs> Hope again, like, yeah, that's not nicked. When your <laughs> abdomen is on fire, that's not nicked. That's so sad. Also, <laughs> you're making me think here, too. You're so right. You as a kid, you get an action figure from someone who the, the character's dead. You then you get it. What are you going to do with that? If you just take it, uh, you know, as it as it plays, you're like, oh, this figure means I can't even have this figure. Got to throw it away. <laughs> Kids buy Greedo today and act out his horrific death. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so more recent things. Um, I I, rem- I was confused in the Force Awakens. We talked about this recently on our Magic of Lightsaber fights uh, when Ray. Uh, on Starkiller base in the forest there kind of takes the the shot down toward Kylo's hand and weapon uh you know when I look at it closely at home I see that she just hits the blade with enough force that it knocks the hilt out of his hand mm. but I remember in the theater going like did did he lose his hand did she cut his blade in half did he lose a thumb like I for a long time I was kind of waiting for like uh clarity in Last Jedi yeah. of like does he not have a thumb <laughs> that's great 
Mm. So there's that. And then uh, one that I think the most recent one that I I think, uh, I'll, well, I'll just say it. Um, in Mandalorian, when our, our pal Carson Teva gives Karen Dune uh, the badge, mm-hmm. uh, I even though it's shaped like a space badge, the scene is played differently to me. So I did not interpret that as a badge. I interpreted it as like a business card. And yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we talked about it a bunch uh, because we talk about everything in those Mandalorian episodes a bunch. Yeah. Um, but I think it was to me, it was because of the vibe of the scene. It felt it didn't feel like a scene where she was being deputized. It felt like he was saying, hey, there's more going on here on this planet. There's more for you to do if you're willing to step up and do it. Yeah. So the tone of the scene and the way he tossed it down made it feel to me not like I am appointing you to have authority under the new Republic. It was more like, Hey, if you want to do the right thing, you know, give me a call on this hollow device, you know, that's a great Uh, example. Yeah. I I remember kind of feeling that. Yeah. Yeah. But in retrospect, the shape of the thing is obviously a batch, which should have made me see the scene differently. Yeah. 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 No, absolutely. No, that's a good, that's a good point. I was trying to go through recent stuff too. I think it's harder because even if I had thought something, you know, you and I do discuss it with Jennifer and everyone, you know, we you, you might work it out by the end of our podcast episode as opposed to going to the playground and yelling that Luke stranded 3 PO. <laughs> but yeah, it's a great example. Great example. Yeah. Did you have any idea where Luke in, in uh, where Luke was trying to send 3 PO and R2? Uh, you know, definitely not there. Maybe maybe to, you know, Endor. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he just I, you know, I don't know. Yeah. And then, then why would you know, the, the end result is pretty good. So I'm on board for that. And I get that R2 had the, had the lightsaber. So I guess, I just, maybe just, he really doesn't like 3PO. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is, this is a great question, Philip. And I think it's always good for us all to talk about this. Cause I think, you know, in, in culture, sometimes we can get, you know, uh, if you ever say, Hey, I misinterpreted this or I missed this, you know, people can jump out of the woodwork and be mean about it. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's important for us to say like, hey, misinterpreting something for a minute is that's part of the process. Uh, that's part of learning. That's part of hearing uh, from other uh, fans. That's part of being willing to watch something a second time and and look at it in different contexts. And I think it's really good and healthy for us to be able to go, hey, here's here's where sometime that I missed a thing. Yeah. Uh, and it ha- yeah. It happens all the time. I've learned uh, don't put any thoughts out there about any of Tolkien's work uh, <laughs> unless you've memorized every word of it. Don't do that. Don't just be yeah. Like, hey, I kind of like this world. What's what's that uh, Hobbit? It's a Harfoot. You idiot. Okay. It is. Uh, yeah. D- very much. Do not ask questions unless you truly want the answers. I even have that sometimes with Twitter where like I make a joke about technology and people who mean well, like tell me how to fix it. And like, <laughs> I'm not actually looking for tech support. I want to complain in the form of a joke. That's my goal right now. Yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, the final thing I want to say, I forgot I had this kind of Star Wars adventure this week. Um, lucky to live near a, a used bookstore. So sometimes when I go for a walk for my health, I just wander in there and look at books. And they had a copy of the 1983 Return of the Jedi storybook um, Ooh, yeah. that I had as a kid. I think I still have a copy of it uh, in my storage. Um, but yeah, this one, like we ordered it early, you know, like kind of like a school scholastic thing. And, uh, my brother got it and I remember him calling me and, and dead cause he had read like the first half. He's like, Luke Skywalker is a Jedi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so a lot of my understanding, like, I, I think I, I think I read the whole thing. I might've read only half of it, uh, before we saw the movie. Hmm. Um, but the reason I'm bringing all this up is to kind of talk about the opposite of sometimes we have to unearth why we thought things as a kid. Yeah. And we've had these these uh, similar things where people have said, I never understood that Luke was choking the Gamorrean guards at the beginning or even having people go like, do you think that he, what he that's what he's really doing? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm flipping through this and the text of this book just says, you know, the guards, uh, I'm paraphrasing, they, you know, the guards try to stop Jabba from coming in the palace, but they're, they're no match to, you know, Jedi Knight Luke Skywalker. He raises his hands and he chokes the Gamorrean guards. It wasn't an interpretation that I had of the film. It straight up said it in the book. Yeah. And it's kind of fascinating. Like, I don't have encyclopedic memory of every trading card 
I memorized, you know, (laughs) as a kid or, or was that on a trading card? Was that on the back of an action figure? Did just some kid named Devin tell me that once? And then I repeated it for my entire life. It's really fun to do this in the opposite way too, of like things that we do believe, where did they first come from? And are they even correct? That's a great point. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Those, those, those picture books, man, they said, they set you on some paths. (laughs) (laughs) They really did. They really did. And I always remember uh, mm-hmm. that one ending with Leia, uh, the the line about, you know, Luke's kind of looking away into the forest, uh, kind of bittersweet. And uh, Leia leads him back into the warm circle of, of love from his friends. And mm-hmm. I always remember that as kind of touching. Uh, in the end of the storybook, he doesn't even see the spirits. He's just staring off into the woods, kind of sad. Oh, no. <laughs> It, it it really has text of like, uh, he wonders if he could have done more for his father or sooner. No. No. <laughs> I'm reading this as a kid and then like, and everybody's all like, I like Return of the Jedi because it's the happy ending. It's the end of the fairy tale, right? And you're reading this book and like, I read this as a kid. That's Damn. amazing. What if, wow. <laughs> I want a documentary episode on that and have some wires crossed or a different version. That's, that's, that's a downbeat, man. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, who knows? Maybe we'll do that sometime. We'll, we'll do a, a four center reading of storybooks and see oh, what came from those. That's, oh my gosh, that's great. That's wonderful. Anyway, uh, thank you, Philip, very much for the question. Any other thoughts uh, on this, Ken? <laughs> no, other than I need to track down the storybook. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, Philip. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Ross. And thank you, Daniel, for some great questions. That is it. Uh, we do not have a power of the light side entry this week if you're a patron on patreon that post is still up calling for entries so if you have a positive moment of star wars a positive memory anything that empowers the light side of the force center star wars discussion uh go ahead and uh, add that to that post ken where can people find us hey you can find us on twitter at force center pod we're on instagram and youtube as well thanks to everyone who joined us last week for our live q a more on the way we love doing those monthly and uh with your participation who knows it could be more facebook page is force center podcast we're on uh, Acast, iHeartRadio, apple podcast google podcast and more just search and find us if you're on there and want to leave a review we would love that merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash force center and you could support us directly as joseph mentioned be a patron on patreon by going to patreon.com slash force center you can follow me at Cadnapsock, go to my website, cadnapsock.com. If you are a Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power fan, getting ready to watch the show, we'll be covering it on my uh, podcast, Casterly Talk. And of course, we're continuing to look into the deeper themes of House of the Dragon. Just find us there. Joseph, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on all the social media, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok is at Joseph Scrimshot. And you can check out my website, josephscrimshot.com for more adventures past and present. Uh, some comedy albums, a book I wrote 10 years ago. Very time, painful. Time has no meaning. You wrote that last week. <laughs> time is cruel. Time is very, very cruel. Uh, anyway, you can check that all out at my website, josephscrimshot.com. But for now, for myself, for Ken, for Macy Williams as Darth Maul, this has been Force Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack 
for free shipping and 365 day returns. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.